You're listening to another episode on the Man of Class podcast. I'm your host, Eric Yusko, founder of Man of Class. This podcast and is your exceptional life strategist for those men who know there's a lot more to life than just that daily grind. Today, we're going to take a different approach. A lot of times you hear the terms manager and leader and we can apply that into areas of business and culture and all that. But I really think that there's probably a lot of things that we can take from that and actually apply that more into everyday life. So if you're interested on hearing that spin, then make sure to stay tuned. Every day, the world tolerates less and less of traditional masculine behavior, which has driven a new standard for men to be successful. How does one evolve so that they can win in today's world? Enter Man of Class, a place to empower men to break down traditional masculinity and build the necessary skill sets, mindset, and confidence to become the men that society desperately needs. Welcome, and I hope you enjoy. All right, welcome back. Now, before we get into managing and leadership and what that really means, I kind of want to give a, a brief update. So I know a lot of you have asked me, you know, Eric, on when you recorded that podcast on the decision making, right? Avoiding analysis paralysis. Did you get the house? <laughs> I left everybody on a cliffhanger. So funny enough, we didn't actually get the house. But another house came along, we put in an offer, accepted it, we've been working through, and we're set to close on 12-4. And actually, as I'm recording this, we are one day away from listing our house to sell. And it's just been a wild roller coaster full of just a whole bunch of different emotions that you just, you, you get, right? You, it's... Is everything going to go right? Is everything not going to go right? What's, you know, what could be peaking around the corner? Are we ready for this? Are we sure we made the right decision? Right? All this stuff. Again, that analysis paralysis. So I've actually <laughs> went back and listened to that podcast myself just again, because in that moment when I recorded it, there was so much truth where I was like, yes, like this is exactly the thing that can help so many people. And, and frankly, it's been able to help myself as well through the decisions around the house, because again, we just, we get into our own heads. We make the decision, we run all the numbers and then we second guess the numbers. And then, you know, you just kind of go back and forth. So I wanted to give everybody an update on that because I know a lot of people have been reaching out going, and, you know, did you get the house? Did you not get a house? I kind of left it on a cliffhanger. So I wanted to at least kind of close off with that. And then get into what inspired this podcast episode. Now, this one, it's interesting because as you go through the home buying process, there's a timeline that's been set. And so it just, it's very fascinating because for me in the business world, there's always timelines, there's always projects or schedules. Are you ahead of schedule, behind schedule, all that stuff. But I never thought about it I always thought about it with the, like the engineering type mindset, but I never really thought about it for other areas of the world. And so within real estate, it's actually been very helpful. So our realtors have done a great job where they've laid out sort of, okay, here we are today and here's your closing date. And here are all the different milestones, including calling for electric and getting the, you know, the inspection done and the appraisal and, and, how long each one of those things are going to take. And it's very interesting because a couple times when we were going through, 
we thought we could maybe circumvent and get things done faster and maybe shift this. And in my realtor, who's been doing this for a long time, I don't know how many years, but he's, you can definitely tell that they've been in the game long enough. And he says, one rule of thumb for me is set a schedule and just hold to it. You add in little buffers here and there, and that's okay if if they're if you are certainly confident that you can expedite it, but more times than not, it comes back to bite you. And it's so funny how that is true. But in that instance, I'm going, wow, like he's managing, he and his team, I say he, but it's really his whole team is really managing the entire home buying and home selling process so efficiently. Like that's a great example of managing. And then it started to make me think, okay, we talk about managing, but then where does leadership come in? And are those two the same? Are they different? And what I've come to find out is they have some overlap, but it's almost, I look at it as a different skill set. You can have managing skill set and you can have a leadership skill set. To be a leader, right, that is just means that you have the skill set of being a leader, right? Just like being a farmer means that you have the skill set of farming. Like that's who you are. You have that identity. You have once you have that identity, you have the skill set that goes along with it, right? The skill set kind of helps to define who you are. And so managing and leadership, I look at as two skill sets that once you know when and where and how to apply them in each situation, then you become a better manager and or leader. A lot of times they say, you know, leaders are, are managers and managers are leaders. But I do think that there's a distinction in that because there's different things. There were times that my realtor had given us some leadership, some guidance, some inspiration, some motivation, right? I, I look at all that as kind of leadership, knowing where to go, going, you know, going into the unknown, going somewhere. I have a quote that I often have either on my phone or, or written on my desk is a leader is someone who you're willing to go that you wouldn't go by yourself. That kind of came out clunky, but it's basically if you wouldn't go somewhere, but you would go somewhere with somebody else, then they're being a great leader because inherently in that, that means that you trust them, you trust their decisions, their guidance, you're inspired, you're motivated, you're moved to follow them. That's what a leader is, is someone who is motivating you or inspiring you in order to go into a direction that maybe you wouldn't feel comfortable going by yourself. And then when I look at a manager, a manager is sort of the enforcer or getting things moving forward, right? Because you can be inspired, but then if you're just in this world of being inspired and motivated, but you're not necessarily taking action, then that's where things break down. And I feel like a lot of leaders, whether, again, right, we are all leaders, we get into, well, but I want to be a leader, I, I want to inspire, I want to motivate, I want to be that thought leader for my family or, or community or company. But I don't know how to do that fine balance of still getting stuff done. Now we're getting into what this episode is going to be about, because it's it's how do you how do you integrate those two skill sets, the leadership skill set and the manager skill set into 
an identity and you can figure out how you want to name that identity, but really having those two skill sets and knowing when is it time to be a manager, right? Enforce my manager skill set. And when is it that I need to enforce my leadership skill set, right? To be an effective leader. And so again, I go back to when we were going through and looking at all these different houses there were times when we would look at our realtor and he'd say, ah, like this house isn't this. It may look nice, but I can tell you there, here's some problems. Here's some things that I've seen. You can make your own decision, right? He, he never once said, you know, don't make a decision, but you could tell he would bring his expertise and he would say, hey, like this is a really great house or like this is a really great price or here are some things to consider with all of this, right? And he, he brought it in a very non-obtrusive way. And I think that's very powerful as a leader because for us, right, when Amber and I go to buy a house, we're looking to be led a little bit. You know, we know what it is that we want, but we're still kind of trying. We don't have all the answers, right? We don't have 20 plus years of experience in the real estate arena to know how to write up the best offer or what do we include or how we kind of know some of the things that we want, but we don't quite know maybe how to articulate it or how to, you know, go into a negotiation. That's where him being a leader in that moment of kind of, you know, having some suggestions and, and helping us to maybe think clearly, right? When we brought a whole bunch of piled gumbly goop mess that says, here's what she wants in a house. Here's what I want in a house. How do we frame that into like, okay, here, here are the areas maybe, you know, instead of having five different areas here, maybe the areas that, that you might consider higher than other ones, right? You might prioritize the one, one area higher than the other. And so those are all things that, you know, when I think of the times when he was helping us through, you know, getting clear in our thinking, that was the time for the leadership. And then I reflect back and go, wow, like we all do that. Right. There are times that I know for myself when family has come to me and I had to say, like, OK, like, what is it that we're really trying to solve? Right. Let's let's ask a higher level question. Right. Trying to show, you know, not to say like, oh, you know, golly gee, here's here's the time to be a leader. It, it was just, you know, here was a time where maybe bringing in some of my skills from leadership training or things that I've read in books. Here might be a way of, of introducing some suggestibility passively, not saying thou shalt go do this, right? Because again, when you tell people what they should go do, that never goes over well. And if you don't believe me, then go look at any parent in any child situation where the parent tells the child, you should go do this. And the child says, screw you. I don't want to go do this. I'm going to do it my own way. They go and they do it their own way. They make their mistakes. They get their clunks and, you know, bumps and bruises or whatever. And, and they figure it out. But People are inherently people don't like, although there's a misconception, right? People like to be told what to go do. There's to a certain point, right? People like to get told what to go do if they don't have any energy behind it, right? If they don't have any emotional tie to it. But when it's something that they're passionate about, they don't want to hear it, right? They don't want to hear how to go do something. They would like to go do it themselves, they would like to maybe have some ideas of suggestibility that says, hey, maybe you could consider this. If you don't consider it, that's fine, right? It's there. You can take it if you want. If you don't, then don't take it. Again, that's a very powerful lesson within leadership is 
is knowing when somebody may not be emotionally charged behind it and you go, okay, maybe they're looking for me to say, go do X, Y, and Z. Okay, go do X, Y, and Z. Or maybe they've got some, you know, they have some passion, they have the ideas, but they just may not know how to put it all together and they might need some suggestibility of like, have you considered this, right? An open-ended question. What, you know, what are some ways that you could do this, right? Those, those are some ways that you can kind of help allow that creativity to still, you know, allow them to flourish without clipping their wings. Because again, the thing that kills creativity the most is when you clip, clip somebody's wings. But again, that's right in that idea, you know, the idea creation and, and maybe the overall large vision and strategy. But then when it gets down into the daily tactics of like, okay, well, great. How are we going to go do this? Right. I want to start a business. Okay. You do the leadership thing of, you know, what kind of business, where do you want to go? Who do you want to serve? All those different types of things. You inspire them and, and tell them that, yeah, you know, you'd be a wonderful asset in that. Or maybe, you know, have you considered this? Because maybe that's where your passion lies. But then when it goes into, okay, how are we going to get all this stuff done? That's where it gets into the management piece and the management piece doesn't have to be the whips, the chains, the, you know, day by day, did you get it done? Did you get it done? Did you get it done? Because people hate that too, right? There's some people, accountability is a, is a, another skill set all by itself because to be accountable, people need. However, people don't need, you said you got that done five minutes ago. What about the, you know, what's the next five minutes? What, you know, where are you at? How are we closing? What are you doing? How are you doing? Blah, blah, blah. People don't like that, right? Leaders like that. <laughs> a lot of times in the corporate world, people love when they have that person that they can just go and say, get it done. And they're just hounding the people nonstop. Because at the end of the day, right, it, it's great for a short term basis. I talk about this when I talk to leaders is that may get short term results, but that's not a long term strategy. You burn people out by that because that's a fear based leadership style. That may work in the short term if there's a massive time crunch and, you know, and, and there's just a lot of chaos going on. Sure. Right. That's called like wartime leaders. But then there's times where it's not as cut and dry and we need to be more strategic and you need to start thinking about all of the other things. And how do we you know, maybe creatively come up with the next best widget or the next best service to serve clients? Or maybe it's, you know, it's time to pick up and, and start a family. What are the right ways to go do that, right? There's a right way of getting everybody into the car. <laughs> if you're going for a family trip and all those dads out there knows how this goes, you, you, you know, you have the best laid plans. We're going to leave by 10 a.m. And before you know it, it's 1030 and you're sitting there going, we're 30 minutes late. Like, how do I how do we get this ship going? Right. How do we get everybody in? In, in those types of instances, right, then you can kind of discretize and go like, OK, you do this, you do this, you do this and kind of almost, you know, what people uh, term it quarterback it. Right. Let me quarterback this thing. Let me go through and, and X, Y and Z and get this thing done. But that doesn't always work in all situations. You have to kind of read and know when is there time to go do that versus when is it a time to just like um I go back to the scheduling, right? The, the realtor laid out this entire schedule and they said, here is the rough framework. And they just, you know, does this make sense? And, and they, they follow up as things start to come closer. Hey, have you seen this? You know, are, do you have any questions, right? All these, all these sort of passive ways of, of hinting and nudging without saying, Hey, you're late, get your shit done. Right. Because again, nobody likes to hear that. 
And so there's a very finesse way of doing that where you lay out and you say, hey, does everybody, you know, you get buy in, right? Does everybody, and that's exactly what they did. Does everybody buy into this this plan, right? We said it was going to take 45 days to close. Based on everything that's going on, they said 45 days. Okay, great. Based on that 45 days, here are the major milestones. You know, we've got this this week. We've got this this week. We've got this next month, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Does everybody agree? Does Do we think that we've left anything out? No, no, I think I think everything's in there, right? Amber and I and the realtor, we all said, yeah, like, no, we think everything's in there. I said, okay, great. So if if everything's all in there and you agree to the timeline, then this is going to be our charter until something changes, right? Because let's face it, everything changes. But it was it was a great way that says like everybody get on the get on the ship. Now that everybody's on the ship, does everybody agree with where Google or or you know the GPS is going to take us? Okay, we agree with that. Now let's start rowing, right? Now let's all start working towards getting that specific thing done. And then as things get done, we celebrate, right? Yay, you know, we you know, we signed this addendum, right? You know, great job. Now, now we can focus on the next thing. Yes, the home inspection came back and everything's clean. Awesome, right? Next big thing. Okay, the appraisal came back. Awesome, right? And we just celebrated every single step of the way. And it was a fun and enjoyable experience. Home buying, house buying, house selling can be a very stressful time. And I won't lie, there are there have definitely been nights where, you know, Amber and I talk and we're stressed of just the unknowns, right? We let the, we let that uh, inner fear get the best of us. And we go, are we doing the right thing? You know, is this right? Yeah, we do love this house. You know, are we going to miss the existing house and, and all those different types of emotions comes up, but it, it's not like we just had to be ourselves in this instance, which is a beautiful thing, right? We didn't have to make sure the realtor is doing what they needed to go do and follow up with it. They're doing all that. They're really leading and managing both of those skill sets very powerfully. And it was through that example that really made me say, okay, this is whenever there's a great example, I always love to showcase it because I believe that we learn through great examples, right? And it could be what not to go do, right? Lessons learned. Or when it is something that went really great, we can say that went really great. Here's how or why it was so great. So let's go model that, right? And there are definitely instances where I pull from whether it was the leadership strategic vision piece of it or the managing piece of it. There's been times where now I look at it and say, as a husband, when I think of managing and getting stuff done. Maybe it's a home project or maybe it's something that we that we wanted to go do, you know, like looking at this house. You know, there were things that that I took from the realtor in how they were getting us to work with for the buy, for the buying piece of the house that when I looked at it for the selling piece of the house, Amber and I started having more conversations around, okay, how are we going to manage going through and getting all this stuff done? Okay, well, if we are trying to get our pictures by this date. Here are all the important things that needs to get done for the pictures, right? And we created what that schedule was. And then we said, okay, when after the pictures are done, here's all the things that we need to get done that may not have been captured in the photos, but we know are going to be captured in real life, like when people show up, right? An example of that was like carpet cleaning. So, you know, Lily's 
Lily's had moments, you know, we've, we've all had oopsie daisy moments where we've dropped stuff. We just needed to get the carpets cleaned. That wasn't important for getting the photos taken. It was important for when people show up because they're going to be looking around going, how clean is the carpet, right? They say new carpet, but you know, if it had a couple stains, they're not going to say, Ooh, it kind of looks dingy. No, you want it to look clean, right? So clean it. But, but in, in setting up, how are we going to get all this stuff done? Right? So, we, we again took lessons of here, all the things that they had in their schedule. And we started to adopt our schedule for our selling, right? How are we going to get this house sold? How are we going to get all the things done when the realtor had said, Hey, I would do X, Y, and Z in order to get this house done, right? It was paying the fireplace. So for those that have been following me on, on social media and seeing the stories, you saw the progression of the, of the original brick that had the gold, trim and how we converted that over into a beautiful whitewash brick and having gray accent colors and then you know the black metal frame around the insert you know you saw that progression saying you know there were so many different of these little projects that we had that we chose to go do that we said if we go do this this will help make the house look more appealing to that potential buyer because at the end of the day a lot of people right now are just wanting to go into a move-in ready house. And so if it's as easily move-in ready, people are going to look at it and say, this is a no-brainer. I just, I need it in my life. I got to have this house done. And that's exactly from a selling standpoint, that's where we wanted to be. But so there was, so when we start looking at that and we, and we look out and extrapolate out into all areas of our life, okay, how am I going to do this with health, health and wellness? Okay, there's the leadership piece of it that says, how am I going to motivate and inspire and provide a general direction in helping to remove roadblocks for me, Amber and Lily in our health and wellness? And then there's the managing piece on how are we going to actually take that idea and that vision of what we generate? And then we're actually physically going to go through it, right? The tactical type things without killing that motivation, because at the end of the day, the best leader can get people motivated, inspired, and going and taking action, quote, managing, the, using that managing skill without killing that inspiration. That's really the ticket. When you can inspire somebody and then you can help get them to take action and get that thing done, whatever that might be. For a father, it could be, you know, getting your kids excited about learning something and starting to learn their own life skills you know, taking risks without taking massive risks because of playing in the street, but, but learning on risks on the small scale in fitness, it could be, how do I get my family more, more centered around health and fitness and get everyone into that so that we just are healthier as a family and we don't have to worry about having, you know, big healthcare costs or that we just don't have low energy or we just don't have the motivation or or I say energy again, in order to go do the things that we want to go do in the corporate world. You know, I want to go raise the company profits by 20% this year. How do I go and do that? Leadership and strategic, get everybody's ideas out in the open. Now, how do I get them to go take action on that? Right? It, you can apply this in, in every different aspect of your life, but it really boils down to having that leadership and that managing skill so that you don't, because here's what, here's what usually happens. There's a big rah-rah speech. People get all motivated and energized. They say, yeah, you know, we want to go make a difference. And then all of a sudden the manager's like beating the crap out of you going, you know, where are you at? Why aren't you getting this stuff done? Why aren't you, know, how could you let this happen? What did, and it's just like, you feel this negative draining 
to the point where people are like, screw this. I don't want to do this anymore. There's too much, quote, BS, too much bureaucracy, too much crap. I don't want to go do it anymore. I'm done. Or I'm going to give you very minimal effort. And then as a leader, the first thing is, well, the people don't want to work. Eh, I don't buy that. I in again, this is a personal preference. People believe how they want to believe. But a lot of times people believe that people just don't want to work. I believe everybody wants to do good in their life, in society. Everybody wants to make a, a you know, a, a positive influence or impact on the world. It's just a matter of figuring out what their gifts are, right? That idea creation, right? That leadership inspiration, and then helping them to be accountable and helping them to, to move forward towards what that dream and goal is without losing that motivation. So again, right, you can, you can apply this into all, all different areas. And quite frankly, it was, it was a great learning experience this whole house buying, because it showed me areas where maybe I wasn't as, as good in the managing skill. I was still a little bit too harsh in, in some things. Um, but knowing when and how to dial up or dial down aggressiveness or hostility or different emotions, right? Varying levels of degrees of these different emotions to be able to deliver, right? The end result. How do you get the results with still having people happy, excited, and joyful? You know, and again, one of the things from that leadership standpoint, I kind of keep bouncing back and forth between leadership and manager, leadership and manager. I want to emphasize both of those skill sets because, I, again, I think that there is a lot of power that can be pull, extracted from that. Identifying, becoming self-aware of, you know, am I being, am I showing leadership skills or am I showing a manager skill? And maybe I'm showing too much manager skill, right? Too much tactics, but not enough strategy, not enough motivation, not enough uh, energizing, inspiring people to take action. And for all those managers out there saying, why don't, it's not my job to inspire the team. You're wrong. 100% you're wrong. And you're wrong because as companies or as anybody, right? You know, even, even when I look at it, like of my daughter, <clears throat> I look at it as, as it's my responsibility to be the leader for. Her. She doesn't know what to go do. She's curious. I don't want to stop that curiosity, but I also want to make sure that she does it in a way that she's not going to hurt herself. Right. Which is why we practice curiosity, but when it gets around like a fire or something, right, we have to take a little bit of precautions but I do it in a way where it's it's not disruptive to her so that she doesn't want to, she doesn't just kill that curiosity, right? So that's how that kind of fits in within within the dad model. You know, as, as a husband, there are many times where, you know, Amber has a lot of feelings or a lot of just energy around different topics. And I can tell she may or may not quite know, you know, what she wants to go do. And so, again, it's my job. I look at it as my job as a husband, as an equal partner, to not only listen to her, but try to prov help to provide clarity. Not to tell her what to go do, right? She, she, A, that would never work. But B, you know, it's not my job to tell her what to go do. It's my job to help interpret, to be that sounding partner so that she knows what to go do or say in the next meeting. 
or what to go do and say in what she wants to go do with her career, right? All these different things that comes up. It's, I, I look at it as it's my responsibility. And it's also my responsibility in order to, to provide an avenue that allows people to be themselves, right? Another great quality, I think, of leaders. And again, this isn't anything that I've generated, but this is something that I see in others that when I look at great examples that I want to mimic, just like in this example of the, the house buying situation, when I look at, at people who were who motivated me and allowed me to still remain authentic while still going and doing whatever the thing that we were going to go do, that's powerful. And I know people value that. And I know people, that's, at the end of the day, that's all people want to go do. That's why you see so much of authenticity right in the, in the workplace in the corporate world in in personal lives <clears throat> that's a lot of times why relationships don't last because people put on a front on what they think the other partner wants and then they just can't keep up with it and then when they start to show that real side that real authenticity things break down or they feel like hey I can't actually be authentic in my own relationship with my spouse I that's not what I want. I want to be authentic. I just want to be me. I just want to not have judgment on being me. And so again, as a leader, AKA, we are all leaders. So you as your leader, leading, whether it's yourself, whether it's your family, whether it's at work, whether it's with your friends, how are you allowing them to show up authentically? How are you maybe energizing and motivating them and inspiring them to maybe be more and do more than what they're currently doing? Or to maybe even just go after the thing that they really want to go after, right? It could be, hey, maybe I want to get into real estate. Okay, get into real estate, right? Inspire them, motivate them, tell them they can do it. Because again, it's it's through those relationships that allows us to, you know, I'm a firm believer that the rising tide raises all the boats. So when when people do that, when when people can get into that mindset of raising the tide and raises all the boats, we can do extraordinary things. And, and I and I love, I love, absolutely love and thrive on this when I hear people who motivate and inspire each other, lift them, you know, lift each other up. And then all of a sudden, you know, they they in turn help somebody else. And then before they know it, then they in turn help somebody else. And and before you know it, right, everyone's helping everybody go after the thing or the things that they want to go after. So I'm, I'll, I'll wrap up here with with just, again, a quick synopsis or a quick summary of there's the leadership skill set and there's the manager skill set. And to be an effective leader, right, there's there's both strands or both sets of skill sets that just needs to be honed. And, and frankly, an awareness around that that says, do I need, you know, if we're not getting stuff done, one approach could be whips and chains and try to beat them into submission and keep them moving forward. Or another one is what may be getting in their way. What's another way of inspiring them? What's another way of helping to motivate and inspire and provide clarity so that they know what they want to go after? Now, I know the, the, these are going to be very important skill sets. My daughter is 18 months old now. Fast forward when she's 5, 10 years old and we start having real conversations, these are going to be the things that I'm going to rely on and will probably hone in the future. But these are the skills that I'm going to rely on in order to help effectively communicate with my daughter. And so, uh, you know, I challenge all the fathers out there, look into your lives of 
how are you communicating with your kids? Are you just telling them what to go do all the time? Or are you trying to help guide them? And, you know, are you are you burning out your manager skill set and not flexing your leadership skill set? Or are you too much in the leadership skill set and not enough manager? Can you hone both of them? Right. Look at look at this and look at through the lens of how can I better serve or better show up as a father to my kids for all the husbands or boyfriends out there? How is it that you can be a better partner? How is it that you can show up maybe from a leadership helping to provide clarity in whether your your partner, your significant other wants to, you know, go for a career change or, you know, get in better shape or is just struggling with depression or whatever that case may be? How can you show up as a as both a leader and a manager in that, you know, in that skill set as a partner? Right. Your identity is at a partner. You're using the leadership and manager skill sets in order to help them get to where they want to go to best support them and where they want to go in the professional workplace. That's a little easier. Right. Leadership and manager with those terms are synonymous. It's a little harder to think about leadership and manager skill sets in personal life. But we use them. We use them all the time. And the better that you can use those skill sets and, and fine tune them and hone them, the better you'll be able to actually influence, which is what everybody, right? All the time, (laughs) when we were looking to buy a house, right? My wife was influencing me and I was influencing her in order to go after different houses or different things or, or updates for the house. Like we're constantly influencing each other. We're constantly influencing our friends and our friends are constantly influencing us. And we're just, the whole world is influencing each other. And so it boils down to leadership and manager skills and awareness of those skill sets, applying those skill sets, honing those skill sets and modeling, finding areas where maybe it wasn't done so well and what kept them from doing so well, as well as showcasing the examples of leadership and manager skill sets that worked really well. So until next time, have a wonderful rest of your day. And we're getting into the I know I said I was going to wrap up, but I I just want to cover this one quick segment. We're getting into November, right? We're, we're mid into November now. Thanksgiving's going to be a week or two away. Then we're going to have the holiday, you know, Christmas and the New Year's. Start thinking about New Year's resolutions. Start thinking about where it is that you want to go. Because again, 2020, whether it was the best year ever, the worst year ever, it, it happened. And so moving through 2020 and into 2021, it offered up a lot of opportunities for people to grow and expand. Start thinking about where you want to go, the the different, you know, resolutions you want to have, the different life goals in all different areas. And that's important because again, we're going to be here in November, December in 2021. And we can either be in a, oh my God, two years rocked my world, or I was prepared. I Although there was a lot of stuff thrown at me, I was able to navigate and still hit my goals. So I want you to be the latter, not the former. And if you have any questions, this is what I do. This is how I help people. I help them strategize within their resolutions and getting them to where they want to go using the leadership and the managing skill sets in order to help inspire and motivate to get them to where they want to go. And then also helping the accountability piece on actually, you know, getting to where they want to go without killing that motivation inspired. So if that excites you, message me, reach out to me. 
um, social media, email, whatever the, the right avenue is for you. Just let's have a simple conversation, see where it goes. So until next time, have, have a great rest of your day. Keep moving forward. Take care. Did you know that eight out of 10 men are living a life that they wish was better? I believe living an exceptional life means unlearning everything that we've been taught and dropping the shoulds immediately. Which is why I created a brand new ebook titled Coaching Secrets, How to Break Out of Ordinary and Live an Exceptional Life. I wanna show you the mindsets, strategy, and tactics you need to live the life you were meant to be so that you can step into the vision that you have for yourself but maybe haven't taken action. And the best part about it, it's yours absolutely free. To get your copy, head on over to manofclass.com forward slash coaching secrets. And you can start living that life right now.